Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. What a week it has been. Uh, I hope you've had a great week wherever you are, whatever you've been doing. Pray you've had a great time doing whatever you're doing. Uh, Our family, like uh, probably 30 or 40 maybe other families this week, have been isolating and uh, waiting for COVID tests and things to come back. So this morning I'm waiting to finally get my approval to be free. And uh, praise God, all those tests have been negative so far. So... um, No more COVID cases, which is fantastic, praise God. Just this week, while I've been watching the cars drive past and uh, uh, seeing them go about what looks like just their normal lives, it's uh, made me think about those of us who have maybe just been doing life like normal, that you've been going to work, going home, and life feels pretty normal to you. Uh, But maybe you've been like me and you've been in isolation. Uh, Maybe you've been, uh, yeah, life is been quite different. Uh, I really pray that today that God would speak into all of our situations and uh, I'm joining you from home this morning so if you hear the family in the background uh, that's what that noise will be. To be honest though this week there's been some some ups and there's been some downs. There's been some highs and there's been some lows but this morning I want to share some scriptures with you that have really spoken to me through the week as I've just been reading myself and uh, I really pray that there'll be an encouragement to you as we look at them together Uh, in our time together now. Let's just pray for a moment before we look at that right now. Thank you, God. God, we just thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. Lord God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. For those of us that are at home, for those of us who have been isolating, for those of us who are at church this morning uh, or watching wherever we are today, God, I just thank you that you know us completely, that you understand our situations, you understand our, our desires, our hurts, our griefs. God, you understand everything about us. And I just pray this morning, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts, that you would bring courage and, and life. Uh, and Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's with us wherever we are and that you would just breathe into each person's life, Lord, this morning, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. That is a a big statement in all things. That's a huge statement. But you know, sometimes when my mind struggles to understand what the Bible says, when I I struggle to get my, my head around what it says, you know, it's my brain that has to change and not God's Word. It's my understanding, it's my thinking that needs to change when I don't understand Scripture. It's not the Scripture that needs to change. God says in all things, He works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. That doesn't change. That will never change. And as I thought about that passage and and, uh, was reading other things through the week, another verse stood out to me from Proverbs chapter 31. Let's turn there. Proverbs 31 verse 8. It says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. 
ensure justice for those being crushed. As I, as I thought, of, as I read that verse and just kind of reflected on it in light of Romans 8 as well, if, if nothing else, I thought one good thing that comes from me going through this experience of, of quarantining at home is I know what it's like to go through quarantine. <laughs> to be honest, over the last 18 months, uh, for me, uh, being at church and, and going and, and recording services, first of all, and then going and doing a lot of services with five people. So it's been different, but I haven't really had to isolate like many people, like many of you have. Maybe you've gone to work still, or maybe you've really had to isolate so much of the time. And it's really given me a chance this last week, not that I especially wanted it, uh, to know what it's like to go through isolating, to be a close contact and, and to go through that time. Then I think of those whose daily lives have been so affected by everything that's happening right now. I, I get a glimpse, I get a, a window of seeing what it is to be in their shoes. And maybe that's the opportunity through this time that I've had. Church, I want to encourage all of us to never close our eyes to look away from what others are going through. Never to, to walk away, never to pretend it's not happening to those people because it's too uncomfortable to think about. I believe God wants us to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, to, to not walk past those who are dealing with things that may be difficult for us to deal with. I think those thoughts really connected with the passage that I want to share with you this morning. And I was reading this passage on Tuesday morning just as part of my own devotion time and it just kind of jumped out at me and I thought, wow, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be in isolation this Sunday. You know, I wasn't totally sure if I'd uh, do a message or with what we might have done this morning, but I read this and just felt God say, Andrew, this is for my church. And I want to read to you this morning from the book of Ruth. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the book of Ruth, it's just after Joshua and Judges. It's in the time of the Judges, uh, before 1st and 2nd Samuel and all those books. And it's about a woman named Naomi. The book of Ruth, about a woman named, called, <laughs> named Naomi. Uh, it's about Ruth as well. But Naomi and her family are from Bethlehem, and they, they are going through a famine, and they leave Bethlehem to go to Moab, because uh, they're trying to find food. And Moab is modern-day Jordan, just to the west of the Dead Sea. And uh, let's have a read from verse 3 of Ruth chapter 1. I'll just turn there. It says this, Then Elimelech, which is Naomi's husband, Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other married a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilon died. They're the husbands of Obit, uh, Orpah and Ruth. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. 
Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were get to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you turn, uh, wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely, if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that, noth- that, that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The woman asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the, Lord, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Maybe you're going through a Moab experience right now. A time where you've done things, you've tried to do things in a way that would bring blessing and and be good for you or for your family, but it has just been a hard, hard journey. You know, Naomi traveled to a new place. She went to a, a distant land and hoping that her family and things would be better for her family. Then her husband dies and a short time later her two sons also die. You know, sometimes the lows in our lives are very, very deep. Sometimes the lows are really low. And life can be so unfair. Sometimes we're left with a really bitter taste in our mouths. But this morning, I want to, as much as it can be difficult to go through those journeys, as hard as it can be, I want to point out that God is greater than our circumstance. God is greater than our circumstances. Whatever we're going through, God is greater. God is bigger and God is able to lead us through. I wonder how we see our circumstances today. I wonder how we see our circumstances when we're going through those deep valleys in life, those low lows. I wonder if we think the, the highs, the good times, the blessings that are around us, I wonder if we look at those things and say, wow, look what I've done. How good is this? Look what I've earned. Look what I've built. Look, look what I've been able to do. Or do we look around and say, wow, thank you, God, for what you've given to me. Sometimes I think people look around and they think, wow, look what I've done. It's all in my own making. But then something goes wrong and suddenly everything's God's fault. 
it's interesting with the storms that have been happening lately around Australia. It seems like about the only time that our nation acknowledges God is in the storms. We say it was an act of God. What about the sunshine on Wednesday? What about the beautiful summer-like weather we had on Tuesday and Wednesday? What about the food you ate yesterday? What about the, the way your, your body was sick and then over a couple of days it got better again? Don't we recognize the acts of God in the good things and the blessings and in all the, all the wonderful things we experience day by day by day by day? And yet by so many people they go unnoticed. God is always at work. Even when we don't understand it, even when we don't see it, when we think he's left us, God doesn't stop moving in our lives. Yes, there'll always be troubles, there'll be hard times. Jesus promised it in the last days. There'll be wars and famines and earthquakes. And Jesus said his people would be persecuted. But it doesn't change who he is. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is still the saviour, the, the God of all creation. He's still the same. And he's working in us and through us today, even if we don't see it. And he is worthy of our praise. I realise though, I don't want to discount that it still can be hard. It can be a challenge to choose joy, to choose worship, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. And I want to encourage you again to, to book in for one of those worship times on our Sunday nights tonight and over the next five weeks. I want to encourage you to choose to come and find reason to give Him praise. Find reason to have joy in Him as we worship God together. You know, Naomi saw her circumstance and even as her daughters-in-law... Orpah and Ruth, even as her daughters-in-law, offered to go with her on the journey. Naomi says to them in verse 13, as she's saying, don't come with me. She says, things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. You kind of get what Naomi is thinking about God at this point. And then in verse 20, she says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant, by the way. Instead, call me Mara, for the Lord, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. And that's what that name means, bitter. And she says, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. The Lord has caused me to suffer. He has sent such tragedy upon me. Can I just say, yes, sometimes life is really, really hard. It's really, really hard sometimes. But church... Let's never blame God for the work of Satan. Let's never blame God for the things in our life when it's not a work of God at all. Satan is the one who comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's the one that wants to discourage and destroy the good things in your life. And to be honest, we don't know what happened to Naomi's husband. We don't know what happened to her sons. Maybe they died because of the famine. Maybe it was sickness. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe they were attacked. We don't know what happened to them. But what I do know is God is the giver of life. God is the sustainer of life. God is the one who holds all creation together. He's the source of all that is good. 
And you know what? God has a plan. God had a plan for Naomi and for her family, even though she couldn't see it. What God was about to do, as we read over the rest of the book of Ruth, God was going to arrange things in such a way that Naomi would have a grandson. She would have a son through Ruth. And that child would grow up and have another son. And Naomi would become the great-grandmother of King David. Naomi would never have believed what God was going to do through her. Hindsight is a wonderful thing sometimes, but Naomi had no idea what God was planning, what he was working and doing through her life. God was going to bring about, through her family line, the very saviour of the world, the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. If we look in Matthew, we read the genealogy, we see um, Ruth in there. Um, Mary, we read later it was married to Boaz. I'm giving away the ending now. <laughs> um, but Naomi was a part of God's plan, even though she couldn't see it. Just briefly, I want to look at three other blessings that Naomi had to be thankful for. Number one, God kept her alive. That might sound like the most basic of, of things to be thankful for, but God kept her alive through the famine, through the, all that had happened in that part of the world at that time. God kept her alive. He kept Ruth alive. He kept Orpah alive. And that was something to be thankful for. God had not turned his back on them. God had kept them alive for such a time as that. Number two, she had two very faithful daughters-in-law. She could be so grateful for these amazing women, Orpah and Ruth, who faithfully, loyally stuck by her, even though uh, she was saying, go back to your mothers. Ruth chose to stay with her. And we read in verse 16 to 18 the, the amazing uh, faithfulness she had to Naomi. And Naomi had reason to be thankful for that. She had reason to give God praise for Ruth's willingness, her faithfulness to her. And the third thing, the final thing I want to point out, uh, the blessing that uh, Naomi had to be thankful for, is when they arrived back in Bethlehem, her original hometown. What does it say? It says the entire town was excited by their arrival. It doesn't say there was people there throwing stones at them and saying, get lost, you left us last time, why are you coming back to us now? It doesn't say they looked looked at her and called her names. It says they were very excited to see her back. They said, is it really Naomi? Is she back? They're excited to see her. And church, I want to say today that we have reason to be thankful for these things too. Number one, we're alive today. God has given us life and breath and every gift, every, every day we have is a gift from God. We can be thankful for the gift of life that we have. We can be thankful for our, our families, the people around us. For those of us who don't have natural families, that we have the family of God. If you're watching this today, you're, you're a part of our church family and we can be thankful for that. You know, as as Naomi arrived back in Bethlehem, I kind of think of the day that we arrived back at church when everyone can come, when we can all come back together. And you know what? There's not going to be people saying, hey, where have you been? I haven't seen you. You didn't call me. Let's not say that. 
We're going to come back together and there's going to be such an excitement to see each other again. It's going to be such an excitement to say, it's so good to see you. It's so wonderful to be together again. And we can be thankful. We might not be perfect. We might not do all the things we'd like each other to do sometimes. But we have a family of God, a community of believers that loves us, that cares about us and that wants to support one another. Praise God. Church, and for anyone who's joining us today, at times we might be tempted, like Naomi was, to feel like God has turned his back on us. We might feel like or be tempted to think that God has turned against us, but it's just not true. God's love for you will never change. And if we read on in Romans chapter 8, as we read at the start, we see that nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Nothing can ever separate you from God's love. Angels can't, demons can't, death can't, life can't. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. But there's one thing that we must do first. Just as Naomi had a choice, when Ruth offered to go with her and and to never leave her, Naomi had a choice. She could accept this amazing gift, this amazing loyalty from Ruth, and allow her to come with her, or she could say, no, I will not go with you. And just as Naomi had a choice to say yes to Ruth, we have a choice to say yes to God. We have a choice to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Please come with me. Help me in this journey. Come with me, God. We must allow the love of God into our lives. How do we do that? By acknowledging that Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave his life for us so that we could live. And now he calls us to turn from sin and follow him, to become like him, to show his love to a hurting and broken world. Church, let's acknowledge God is greater than our circumstance. And let's give him the praise that he deserves. Let's ask God to help us see all the blessings He gives us each and every day. And finally, as I ask the band to come, as they prepare to lead us in this song, Church, let's look for ways to walk with those who are feeling crushed and broken and hurting. Let's look for ways to support those who don't seem to have a voice, who feel like they've had their voice taken away from them. And yeah, we can think about vaccination issues in this, but we can think of so many other issues also. Family dilemmas, challenges in life, in in health, in so many areas of life that people are going through where we can come walk alongside them. God wants us to show love and show mercy and show grace, just as Ruth did to Naomi and just as Jesus has done for us. He wants us to show his love to a lost, broken and hurting world. I want to finish by reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19. Let's think about what this might look like for us. Paul says these words. He says, Even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Paul was willing to lay down his life. 
He says, I'm going to give up my life so that someone might know, someone might discover the love of God. And God wants us not to think God has abandoned us, not to think God has rejected us, because Jesus has already given his life upon the cross for our sin. He wants us to see his love and to show his love to the world, to give up our life, our, our privileges, so that others might come to know of his love as well. Let's pray together now. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the story of Naomi and Ruth. And God, I just pray that you would help us to see. Maybe there's some today who just feel like Naomi. They feel like, God, you've, you've abandoned them. They feel like they're on their own completely. But God, I just pray you'd help us to see every single blessing all the, the millions of blessings you have poured out for us. God, I just help you, pray you'd help us today, God, to, to understand the depth and the, the riches of your grace and your mercy for us. I pray, God, that you'd help us to be renewed in our mind, renewed in our thinking, to see that all things do work together for the good of those who love you. I pray, God, that you would help us day by day to... As Paul says, choose to make ourselves a slave, a bond servant, someone who serves out of love. God, I pray you'd help us, inspire us to be able to serve those around us so that they too might know the love and the grace and the mercy that you have for them. Lord, I just thank you today for your presence with us wherever we are, wherever we go this week. Just pray, Lord, that we would have joy, that we would have peace and that we would have a bold confidence, Lord, to speak out the truth in love through all things I pray. In Jesus' name. Just as the band plays this song, if, if you've today decided that you need to surrender your life to God again, I just want to encourage you to pray and to say, God, have your way in me. As we sing this song together now, let's live for the glory of God, church. We may be stuck at home. We may be doing whatever you've got to do this week. But let's do it all for the glory of God. Let's look for opportunities and be the church that God desires at this time. God bless. Can't wait to see you soon. Let's praise and worship our Saviour today.